Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Frozen Four podcast brought to you by NHL News Updates. I'm your host this week, Josh. What's up, everybody? Got Steve and Stack here with me. Stack, how's you? how you doing today? Oh, just another day in frozen paradise, you know. Um, you know, pretty decent week for the boy. Um, down 10 pounds in two weeks now, so keeping the weight off has been, uh, you know, Everyone knows keeping the weight off sucks, but we're pushing along here. And um, my tattoo, which we mentioned like a month ago, was going to be uh, in like January, Got re- which originally got rescheduled for March. And then I got rescheduled to tomorrow morning, which by the time you guys are listening, this would have been a few hours ago, hopefully. So by the next podcast, I'll be tatted. But Steve... As one man I know who has no tats, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, better than I was yesterday and not as good as I'll be tomorrow. I hope you guys don't get annoyed of me saying that because it's going to be a weekly thing. Uh, overall, you know, it's just busy. It, it's busy season for accounting. Like I say every week, I'm, I'm learning a lot about taxes. i tell, tell you that. And... I love it here. Steve is turning into the fish from SpongeBob that just goes in the same routine. Are you coming to bed, Harold? Yes, yes dear. dear. <laughs> <laughs> Most important yeah. the other day, I got out of Gary's way. Blah. Right. Oh, I was like, what? yeah, I no, no, no. It's... I you just had a stroke there, Stack. Oh, my God. No, that's from the Lost Identity don't... episode. Yeah, you guys don't remember that? No, I do, oh but God. I didn't know what you said at first. I was like, are you okay over there? Um, for One, those wondering, no. I, Two, I, Josh, how are you doing? <laughs> for those wondering, I am doing fine. I have, I've had a splitting headache all day, and I don't know why. Um, but school's starting to come out kind of fast. I do have some cool news. Your boy got a job. I'm doing. I'm going to be doing high school sports broadcasting starting next month. I am so excited about it, and like, ah, uh, I, I, it was so cool. I, I, I didn't think I was gonna get in there, and then the guy was just like, "Yeah, what's your availability?" Without me even saying like, "Oh, like, can I have a job?" Like, it was the coolest thing ever. But so yeah, congratulations, anyway, bud. I, I, I was. You. I think I'm gonna save my snark for later in the episode, so I, I'm not going to try and destroy your enthusiasm as of yet. So congrats, buddy. You deserve it. (laughs) Thank you. Anyway. All right. Let's get into some hockey. So we got some big league news. A lot of stuff's been happening in the past week. Um, Bruce Boudreaux is eyeing the Seattle head coach job. It's kind of upsetting because I wanted the Sabres to go after him. But what do you guys think about that? I was thinking the same thing. Uh, He should try and get a job in Buffalo first, but at the end of the day, Seattle will probably pay him more, and I'll have a whole new opportunity with a whole new team, probably with some guys who he's had as a coach before, play, being in Minnesota and with the Ducks, who you know we all know have some boat anchor contracts who are probably going to give up a first-round pick so that Seattle will take him this summer, uh, including, well, I don't know if he's played for Bruce before, but uh, Jeff Skinner is going to be one of those players. You know it right now. Unless Kruger turns him around, which doesn't look likely. We'll get into that later in the show. But as for uh, Boudreaux to Seattle, 
I mean, it makes sense. Boudreaux and Gallant are definitely the t- two top uh, head coach, non-employed he- former head coaches. And as we know, the NHL just recycles these guys. So they're like the cream of the crop as far as recycling bin goes. Uh, I honestly thought Gallant, it, it would make so much sense that would be Gerard Gallant because he coached Vegas when they came into the league. And I thought he got a bat. Uh, he kind of got the shaft when he got ousted out of Vegas. I mean, he didn't make, miss the playoffs. They weren't, I mean, they struggled for like three weeks and they canned him. I, I still am surprised by that, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, with that, they were just on, I mean, Vegas, they were on a PDO like dip. They were just not, capitalizing on their chances much like one Sabres team uh right now um and speaking of other coaches um Mike Babcock got hired by a college team so there's another coach off the list I mean at least for the Sabres and for the Seattle to eventually pick up so they're running out of options they want I wish there was I wish there was like a list online, like how we have a list of like free agents and shit. I wish there was a list of like coaches that were available to hire, you know, like cap friendly needs to make a new tab of like available head coaches or something like that. (laughs) I'm available. TSN, uh, TSN trade center, but it's coach center and there's just available (laughs) free agent coaches. It's just Don Cherry. Well, you know, (laughs) no, Well, you know, people just keep recycling the same coaches. And, you know, you got to show some respect for the Canadians. It's a tragedy. Mike Babcock has to go to some college team. He's going to turn those guys into quality, quality men's league players. He's going to teach them the right way to play. Sounds like uh, me and you, Steve. (laughs) Dude, I'm already there. I'm I'm, uh, 3-0 so far. Wow! I I have another, I have another semester to buffer me, but we'll see. Hey, all roads lead to beer league, and it's just as much. It's about how much fun you have on the way there. True. And you know why I call it beer league? Because it's gender neutral. Hockey's (laughs) for every. Hockey's for everybody. Anyways, so hey, uh, hey, hey, NHL, hit Steve up for marketing opportunities. Speaking of hockey being for everyone, even the people that have open heart surgeries can come back and play. Henrik Lundqvist skates for the first time since his surgery, 45 days later. That's incredible. And he was skating in Capitals gear, too. So, hint, hint, wink, wink, who's going to be coming back out of nowhere on a fucking tear? Yeah, I doubt he'll suit up in the NHL again. That's It seemed pretty career-threatening which is why he retired, but that's a classy move by the Capitals to still, even though he's, I don't think he's under contract anymore, but to still, you know, show him the grace is like, we know you didn't suit up for us, but we were committed to you. You're committed to us. And something out of either of our control happened. It's, it's a classy move by the organization. What is to let him keep the gear? Oh, I thought he skated like with the Capitals. Oh no no no! He just no. skated and he had like the pads and the jersey and his helmet and that's that yeah. stuff. Oh, okay, well that, that's I, my bad. Forget, I, forget I, every nice thing I said about the Caps; they can burn in hell. 
Yeah, uh, I was going to say, too, I thought you were saying, like, oh, it's a classy thing to let him keep the gear. Uh, one, Igor Ozhiganov in the Maple Leafs, when he got let go, I think it was two years ago now, he took every single item of Maple Leafs gear that he had with him back to Russia when he left. So these teams don't really care about gear at all. To them, it's peanuts because they make so much money. It's like Deadpool when he took the Deadpool costume, or Ryan Reynolds when he took the Deadpool costume. It's like, Deadpool yeah, you're going to tell Ryan Reynolds to give that back? <laughs> he made you yeah. a lot of money on a shoestring budget. Congrats. Or like uh, yeah. Mace Windu in Star Wars when they let him keep the bad motherfucker hilt. Yeah, yep. Good That's guy. the only reason he, he uh, said he would do Star Wars is if he could have that on the on the lightsaber. Yeah, and <laughs> I purple. wonder how that conversation would have went. He's like, no, we need you to give that back. He's like, what the fuck? Motherfucker. No, motherfucker. <laughs> you I've know who I am? These goddamn executives telling me I can't keep my goddamn stuff. <laughs> anyway, back to hockey, though. It's great to see... <laughs> Hank back on the ice. It's a, it, it's, I mean, if anything, it's just cool to see that he's okay and that he can still play in some way, shape, or form. Like Steve said, all roads lead to beer league, even for those guys. Um, so anyway, the last little bit of league news we want to get to here to segue into our, uh, our, our divisions, the NHL tried to take on the sun over the weekend and the results may surprise you. They lost. Um, Steve, why don't you tell us more about uh, the Lake Tahoe shenanigans? And I, I think it was cool. I mean, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Think. I mean, they set up the rink right next to the lake. The scenery was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, but what they did was they had the games scheduled at 3 o'clock for Saturday and Sunday. Well, they ended up moving the Sunday game to 7.30, because what happened on Saturday was they got too much sun. You never heard of it before, but New, uh, New York State occasionally gets sun during the winter. Never would have guessed. And honestly, it's pretty unfortunate. So it was melting the ice. I think at one point, like one player dropped, then the ref dropped, then another player dropped. Steve, why'd you say New York State? Tahoe's Lake Tahoe is in Nevada. Oh fuck me! <laughs> <laughs> Steve Wait, was they busy. did this in the desert. They Steve did was... it in northern Nevada, right on the border of Nevada and California. I'm pretty sure what? they technically did it in California, but Steve's clearly got doing New York State oh, taxes on the brain way too much. Dude, I thought that was in the Adirondacks. No lie. I thought that was like Lake, Lake George Placid. or something. Yeah, Steve <laughs> thought of Lake Placid. Steve, go to bed. Oh, my God. No, Steve, they get sun in the desert. <laughs> Jesus, Shocker. I might have to go into the sun cannon. Yeah, but, but yeah, so <laughs> the NHL went against the sun and the sun won. So they they had to, on Saturday, they played the first period between Colorado and Vegas. Then they had to postpone until midnight, which was 9 p.m. Uh, local time, which should have been my first clue that it was not New York. <laughs> <laughs> no, Steve, they were so high up in the mountains, it's a different time zone. They played on Dude, the moon. I, I'm not going to lie. I thought when they said local 9 o'clock local time, they meant for the local markets of the teams that were playing. 
That does that still doesn't make sense. It was Colorado and Vegas playing, you dummy. Vegas is on the West Coast time zone, dipshit. Yeah, but nine o'clock their time would still be twelve o'clock our time. Yes. So when they said nine o'clock local time, I thought they were speaking of the teams that were playing their uh, local markets. Oh okay. doesn't really work for Colorado because okay. they're in central time. Or yeah. uh Mountain time. They're, mountain time, whatever. Yeah. How do we no, get onto time I, zones? Can, can we just sum up with on, Steve, Steve, you're dumb? Like, <laughs> time is an illusion. One thing that wasn't an illusion, though, was how clean, clean those Colorado Avalanche jerseys are. Oh, my goodness. The, yeah, even the, the Vegas retro one, Nordiques. Even the Vegas I might have to get. I might have to get a McKinnon jersey or someone on the Avs because those are – Unbelievable. And I hate to say it, the next day, the Bruins Flyers, I like the Bruins jerseys, and I liked how they rolled up in those retro-ass 80s outfits. Did you they, see Yarrow Halak? They styled, they styled on us. with Yeah, Yarrow with the fake mullet. Yeah, that was great. He wore it the whole game. Yarrow, grow a real one like me. Not that hard. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of hard probably when he's bald, when you're balding. Um, never no, say yeah. never. He can have a skullet. The amount what, of life uh uh finds a way uh <laughs> <laughs> the amount of like awesome pictures though that came out of it between Philip Grubauer with his sunglasses on underneath his goalie mask and you know you get you get Kevin Hayes dropping ultimate wisdom on people why is it why is it uh, pronounced naked when it's spelled N A K E D and not and why is baked pr- not pronounced baked when it's spelled the same and then he just skates away. <laughs> <laughs> no, the and best then, part of the whole game was when uh McKinnon got the puck breaking into the zone and Petra Angelo was mic'd up and he goes, Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, that was that one was great. Yeah. Yeah, and then McKinnon scored on him. Yep. yep. <laughs> what a legend. And then there was um even uh, he knew pasta. he was fucked. <laughs> yeah. Pasta and his fake pit vipers with the Barbie Girl song. <laughs> <laughs> the Those whole damn reporters we- made him miss the song. <laughs> I know. What a weekend. The whole weekend was just I, I think it was awesome. I mean, screw you, Twitter, for trying to ruin it because the same people on Twitter that were criticizing it were the people that were calling for it before they did it. So shut the fuck up, Twitter. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And we got all the cool photo ops of all the mascots. Gritty on a snowmobile. That's fucking sick. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yes, yes, we're quote unquote criticizing them for kind of the sun thing, but it's mostly in jest because they uh took a risk, you know, they tried to do something fun. The NHL is not known for trying something fun. And honestly, I think it was a huge success, even with the issues with uh what Andy Bernard calls the glare bear. What is the yeah, glare bear? I mean the at sun. the end of the day, oh. the at the end of the day, the NHL needed to do something big like this. And whether or not it paid off, we won't see for a while. But the NHL, as we all probably, you know, some of you may not know, the NHL is a gate-driven league. And NHL, the NHL makes a majority of their money through fans at the gate. And they haven't had that for, sadly, almost a year now crazy as it seems we're we're like a week away from march and i still haven't processed last march but um 
Yeah. Yeah. None the NHL needs to take. Yeah, really. The NHL needed to take a risk, and I think it paid off. I mean, they won't really get any money from this, others than the TV deals and whatever, which apparently ESPN is in on. Which you know, everyone hates ESPN because they cover hockey wrong. It'll bring in so much money for the league. The cap's gonna go up. Better teams will get better. You know, that's a whole nother conversation. But the bottom line is the NHL needed to take a step and bring in new fans for the next year when they can have gate again. And I think they did it. Time will tell, though. Yeah, and, and if anything, it could build some goodwill with the players because I'm sure everyone's going to want to be on that ice rink playing in games by a lake. That sounds phenomenal. But anyways... Uh, so the big headliner was Vegas versus Colorado and they are two of the big wigs out West. So that leads us into our Western division update. No, I don't remember what the, uh, the sponsor is for that division, not the Honda West. Uh, Thank you, stack. You're welcome. All right. So the standings as of now, it goes Vegas, St. Louis, Colorado, and surprisingly, the LA Kings. I'm so, sorry. What? Yeah. So <laughs> here's here's what I found. Quietly, since you know we're East Coast bound, and of course I could hit another post. Why not? Anyways, uh, I'm getting distracted. So the LA Kings have won five games in a row. Five in a row. That's that's, that's like that's almost two weeks without a loss. So uh, and in their last game, which was last night, Dustin Brown got two goals, his ninth and 10th of the year. Dustin Brown, who was left for dead, stripped of his captaincy about three years ago. And everyone thought he was shot. Well, he has 10 goals already, and he played in his 1200th game. The Ithaca, New York native has been a captain in this league, won Stanley Cups, and he has played 1,200 games, which is absolutely insane. And the, I think the he other, forgot what year it was because he just pops off. <laughs> right? Yeah, of course. In, in, the, in the year with, like, no rhyme or reason, Dustin Brown has 10 goals in, like, 17, 18 games. Whatever. Yeah. Life is stupid. But also... um. There, there's someone in there that we as Sabres fans, we know this name, Cal Peterson. He is split time evenly with Jonathan Quick, and he has much better stats. So they both played nine games. Cal Peterson has uh, not too great in the win-loss win, column. It's three wins, four losses, but his goals against is 2.43, and his save percentage is 926 versus Quick who has five wins, two losses, but his goals against is 2.82, and uh, save percentage is .903. That's pretty good. I mean, considering what he has done in the past and what we thought he was capable of, I, I, I mean, good for him for turning it around, but also still, screw you, Cal Peterson. <laughs> Yeah, too good to sign in Buffalo, but more like Tim Murray didn't want to sign him after his junior year in college, so he's like, all right, screw this. I'll be a UFA. Can't really blame him. Um, and So one other thing you got on here, Steve, 
Al Tuck is on fire. I mean, I I, I saw a couple highlights of him from the uh, outdoor game, and he looked phenomenal. I mean, even though they ended up losing to Colorado, they came back the next night and they beat Colorado. Tuck has two goals, had two goals in last night's game, three in his last two. So another New York native on the tear again. I mean, Al Tuck has been one of the most solid guys for the Golden Knights, and he continues to show that. Yeah, I know from personal experience, the guy is just absolutely nasty. He's so good at hockey. It's not it. People that big should not have that good of hands and are that strong of skaters. It's just an unfair combination. And I'm very glad I don't have to face that in practice every day anymore. One year was he's enough. A, he, he's a pure power forward. There are guys in the leagues who are, you know, generally when you think of a power forward, you know what he is? He's turning black back the clock to the nineties. He is a reincarnation of guys like Brendan Shanahan, who besides being sick and scoring and assisting and getting fights here and there, they also could skate like the wind. I mean, you know, there are other power forwards in the league, like uh, Nick Ritchie. That dude's got like a beer gut, like no offense to Nick, but I mean, he's a great player. I like watching him play, but no power forward in the league compares to Al Talk. Would you guys say that a power forward in any era of the NHL is the all-around NHLer? Like, just like the way we've been describing it, I just it, think it, that... It, it's kind of like the all... It's the term for basically all situation player. So he's somebody who has the skill to score, but can also be, uh, you know, physical, not just finishes checks, but actually, you know, punish guys with physical play, uh, can get in front of the net and create some havoc, stick up for guys. It's it's kind of like the uh, Gordy Howe. It, right. It's yeah. Gordy Howe versus Sidney Crosby. Right. Or Wayne, mm-hmm. Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky would be the better comparison. Hmm. I don't know. It's just a kind of a, it just kind of popped into my head there when you guys were saying, you know, like you can skate, you can hit, you can shoot, you can pass. Like he's got it all. So. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's great to see him. He's great, great guy. Great family. Uh, also another great guy off the Vegas team in that win last night, flurry had a 34 save shutout, which was his third shutout of the season and his 64th shutout of his career. It was also Vegas's first win in Colorado in five games. They're one, three, and one all time in Colorado. And coming from, uh, and considering how much success they've had, it's quite surprising they, they haven't won at the Pepsi Center yet. Yeah. I mean, I, it just seems like throughout the few years, they've been a team that, Colorado's kind of had their number when they're at home, but Colorado has always done strong at home. If I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, it's the altitude. Can... <laughs> it's the weed. Um... <laughs> Whoa. It's not the mile high city for no reason there. <laughs> Guys, we're um... not allowed to say that, even though it's objectively true. <laughs> um, but no, so flurry though, has definitely found 
a uh, improvement in his game this year. In 11 games, he has a 1.55 goals against average and a .942 save percentage, which is wow. um, absurd. Pretty good. That's um, noteworthy. Yeah, I mean, it's like as, Luke um, said. I think it was. Sorry, go Luke's, ahead. Oh yeah, Luke said. I mean, at the beginning of the season for the predictions, I mean, he said, "I did he? I think he said Leonard for the Vesna." But he said both of them would contribute to the Jennings. Yeah. And, yep. I mean, right now, he looks right on the Jennings for sure. And I mean, just pass that Vesna a little to the left at the end of the bench <laughs> where Fleury would be sitting. So, right. Yeah, yeah, no. But, um, but no, Too I mean, bad Luke's it's... not here to say he's right, you know? <laughs> Thank God. It's... He gets, he, oh, he gets so. Uh, snarky and I don't know. He, he's he's such a he's such a dick when he's right. I hate it. <laughs> Say it to his face, Steve. It's not like yeah, you to on. talk shit behind the screen. Text him. You have his number. Yes, but he also Text is armed. Chat. Text the group chat. Start some shit. Um, <laughs> get him on call shit? right now. You talking it's, shit? <laughs> It's good to see um, Flurry pick it up, though, because, I mean, we saw him have a lot of issues last year when Leonard came in, and it's great to see him bounce back like this. Yeah, uh, not to mention last year, even before Leonard came in, uh, his friggin' dad died. I yeah, mean, that too. Like, if that were me, I would have probably quit hockey right there. Like, <laughs> props to him, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that wraps up the West. Let's take it up north a little bit. Stack, the north has been um, uh, quite the quite the uh, problem for the Leafs lately. Um, <laughs> well, not not necessarily a problem, but I was gonna say, uh, do you look who's first in the league? Uh, it's yeah, fall. We'll, it's we'll fall get to up that north. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. The leaves are out up north. We'll get to that in a minute because I think Steve has a few uh, a few arguments towards that. But so we'll let's later. let's head around let's head around the north. How's it how's it looking up there? Up north, uh, like I said, it's fall because the leaves are out and they're changing. Uh, this Leafs team, I mean, I'm not trying to fanboy too hard because I still want to be objective and I like being objective. But this is the best Leafs team I've seen in my lifetime. I mean. They're first in the Scotia North, and they're first in the league. Um, the closest team is uh, Florida. And then this just goes to show how much of a murderer's row the Atlantic division has been the last few years. Toronto's in first, then Florida, who's also in the Atlantic. Third is Carolina, but fourth is Boston, who's in the Atlantic. Then sixth is Tampa, who's in the Atlantic. And then 11th is Montreal, who's also in the Atlantic. So uh, probably a good thing the Leafs aren't in the Atlantic, but uh, yeah, no, uh, that division should be split up. Everyone loves to say how the Metropolitan is the best, uh, maybe the hardest to play against, but overall best. Uh, the Atlantic would like a word. Anyways, enough about the Leafs. It sure looks like the Oilers are starting to figure it out a little bit. Uh, they've been stringing some wins together lately. Good for second place in the Scotia North. Uh, they have 24 points to Toronto's 30. Um, and they're kept, like I said, they're catching up. They're figuring it out. They're getting some scoring from their depth and 
you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl are, you know, they are who they are. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. They are who we thought they were. Good. Yeah. <laughs> they are good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's the word? Uh, is it Montre- specialists? Yeah. It, isn't Montreal like falling off a cliff here? Like, uh, I, I, I've seen there, they have like a losing record against anyone who's not Vancouver. Exactly. <laughs> they're, I think if I'm not wrong, I don't know if they've played since, but well, as a matter of fact, right now, as we're recording, they're losing to the Senators, which they lost to the Senators on, I believe, Saturday night. They're 5-5-3 five, five, and three against teams not named Vancouver. Uh, and that's not great. Uh, not great, Bob. But um, Yeah, the, the rise of Montreal has been greatly exaggerated, and we kind of hopped on that hype train. But that, that just goes to show you how far Vancouver fell, because we thought they were going to be a good team. And they are oh, just yeah. ass. Complete I, I and thought utter they were ass. Gonna, I thought they were going to contend with Toronto for first in the north, but uh, they're contending with Ottawa for last. Um, however, we did skip a team in the order. Uh, Winnipeg is really starting to figure it out. Uh, they're third in the Scotia North, one point behind Edmonton with 23 points. Um, Dubois got his first couple points. Yeah, they're really going to start to figure it out now. I think they're going to end up being second in this division, at least unless the Leafs fall off a cliff because of injuries right now. But they're really figuring it out. They're one of the most complete teams in the league. They just need to string some together. Hellebuck, you know, he's 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 Connor Hellebuck. I mean, he is a goalie that, if you let him, will steal a playoff series, will steal a game. He's got that type of skill. They've got one they of got, the most potent offenses in the league. There's really they also not got Eric to say. Comrie back. They got <laughs> yeah. Eric Comrie back off waivers. <laughs> yeah. His but, track through the league is, I mean, I feel bad for the kid. It was like, he's, no he's not even walks. going through the league. He's He went from Winnipeg to New Jersey off waivers, and then he went from New Jersey to Winnipeg off waivers. I don't know where he was before that, but I just think it's funny how he's kind of, Bouncing around back and forth between the two, it's like it's like in Chell when you pick up a guy off waivers and then accidentally send him down and get him back again in a trade because you wanted him. <laughs> yeah, but we uh, we we sort of talked about Montreal early. Um, they've fallen to fourth in the Scotia North after last week, I believe, being in second place. Um, they're fourth with twenty-one points, two points behind Winnipeg with a game in hand, and. Again, there's not really a whole lot else to say. We've we sort of talked about Montreal the last few weeks as riding Carey Price's insane high danger save percentage, which was over 0.94 something. Uh, it looks like it's starting to drop, and they were on a PDO bender, which basically tracks the luck of the team. They were getting insanely lucky, probably a result of playing Vancouver all the time. Um, yeah, so but, PDO tracks like the quality of the scoring chance combined yeah. with like shooting percentage. So it, it's kind of a mix of like expected goals and uh, you know shot data like that. And so if you have a really high PDO, you're considered quote unquote lucky because you're shooting above 
you know, the typical shooting percentage in whatever situation you're generating these scoring chances. Yep. Expected by whom? Uh, Not Mike Harrington. Uh, anyways. <laughs> he, can, um, he can only expect a swift kick in the ass when a fact he does not think exists hits him directly in the face. Hey, guys, remember, we're a league podcast now. Um, but anyways. I will uh, never pass up an opportunity to dunk on Mike Harrington. He thinks he has deluded himself into thinking he has more than one brain cell. All right. Anything um, is possible in that stupid mind of his. So, uh, yeah, good teams usually will stay at the top of PDO rankings because, you know, good teams don't just get lucky. They create that luck. Um, medi- not mediocre, but average teams like Montreal. I mean, they don't have a clear number one guy who they look to to score like most teams will. Their defense is pretty good, and Carey Price, you know, we know who he is now. We know who he used to be, which a lot of people still think he is, including a lot of analysts, but uh, he isn't Vesna Carey Price anymore. Can he be in the playoffs? Yeah not the playoffs and the way they're playing they might not get there the way calgary is playing though they're fifth in the division two points behind montreal uh they're nine nine and one they just got to figure it out if they don't figure it out soon i think they're gonna blow it up and they're still frazzled over the jake muzzin matthew to chuck thing apparently that just completely fried the Calgary Flames because so Muzzin flipped the puck at Tuchuk after the game ended, the Flames lost every player except Tuchuk skated off to the bench and left Tuchuk out there to fight like the whole Leafs team. And so then when Tuchuk eventually gets off the ice, he throws a hissy fit. And apparently that caused such a rift in the locker room because he's always sticking up for himself that he doesn't trust the rest of the team. And then the rest of the team is having trust issues. And there's apparently a divide in the locker room. They won the other night against the Leafs. Maybe this turns the season around, but that Leafs team was depleted and just unlucky. They were playing Michael Hutchinson, their third goalie. I mean, who knows where they go from here. Um, They just got to turn some shit around, you know? I mean, if you look at what Kachuk does sometimes, like, yeah, sometimes obviously you need your teammates to stick up for you, but sometimes he gets himself into shit that he just should just walk away. I mean, that with the whole Muzzin thing, I don't really know if he should have reacted the way he did. I mean, sure, it probably pissed him off, but it's like you lost the game. He probably didn't mean to flip it at you. And no, he, your he, team, he absolutely no, he 100% did. Oh, he did? 100%. Because yeah, Tachuk dropped a flying knee on Jack Campbell and got him injured for a month. Oh. The game okay. before. I, I don't so really – I, I remember Muzzin, watching it, but I don't remember exactly what it looked like. Yeah. I mean, the thing is with this, though, is, yeah, Tachuk gets himself into a lot of shit, but if we look at last year with the Zach Cassian stuff, he laid two, you know, clean but questionable hits – and then he had to defend himself against known heavyweight Zach Cassian. And, yeah. you know, Tuchuk's not a fighter, like a heavyweight fighter. Like, yeah, Tuchuk can fight. We know that. He's a past. Like, you don't see Marshawn fight his own battles. 
Chara would come in or McAvoy or name another name any Bruin who's played for the Bruins the last 10 plus years. Marshawn does not have to stick up for himself. And so that's to Chuck's in the, you know, to Chuck's in the opposite boat. He always sticks up for himself. Lucic should have been the one fighting Cassian, not himself, especially when he's a highly skilled player like he is. Yeah. If you were to trade cash in for uh, Kachuk for five minutes, you'd definitely take that all day long. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I think uh, I forget who I was listening to. It might have been Checklitz or something, but you know, the whole Evander Kane, Ryan Reeves beef, like Vegas is just laughing it up and Reeves loves it because one, he gets to beat the crap out of Kane, which he usually does. And then Kane's off the ice for five minutes. Reeves isn't going to go out there and score a goal. Kane might. And the, the Sharks are not very deep offensively. So, you know, just putting a giant hole in the mix. Right. Anyways, uh, Vancouver and Ottawa round out the North. 18 points for Vancouver, 11 for Ottawa. Bad. I mean, they're bad. <laughs> yeah. They, they'll give a team fits, though. That's the problem. We'll look at Montreal Leafs. right now. So did the Tank Sabres a lot of nights. The game right now between the Canadians and Senators is tied 3-3, but the Senators have more than 10 shots on, on the Canadians. I mean, that's not sustainable, one, for Montreal, but two, it just goes to show how, yeah, Ottawa might suck, but they're going to be a team that doesn't give up. Right. I've got the perfect comparison for them that only our club hockey fans will get. They're Penn State Baron. They're the team that doesn't have much skill. We would walk around them all day long, but they always found a way to beat us once a season. We play like three times. They'd find a way to get that one game where we just either completely crapped the bed or we were so snake bit we couldn't get the last goal. Or one of your players... Or one of your players runs their goalie after being egged on by the bench and then gets booted from the game. Good times, their shoulder pads. Good times in the Scotiabank North, but that's all I got. Yeah, so would... there has been some criticism of the Scotiabank North, basically right. calling it uh, a glorified men's league. I don't know about that have people really been saying that bad uh, it's just bruins homers can't accept that the Leafs are talking <laughs> all right that, that's that's twitter that's twitter hyperbole but yes so they're talking about how the north is clearly the worst division and we're gonna have a little debate here if josh you want to explain the rules of our wonderful segment coming back called snipe or whiff I will gladly explain the rules. So, Stack will be arguing for the North Division, saying that it is a good division, that it's not a men's league. And Steve will be arguing that it is a men's league, and Matthews is just Jason Pominville putting up 90 points in 18 games. I will be your friendly moderator to make sure these two don't kill each other over the screen. Each of you will have one minute for your first um, opening argument. Wow, I'm a crappy moderator. And then you will have 30 seconds to debate or to rebuttal. Um, You're so, still doing better than Chris Wallace. <laughs> then you'll have 30 seconds to re- rebuttal. So, and then I will decide who wins. 
Who would like to start out? I'll let Steve go. What a gentleman. Okay. All right, Steve. When I say go, you have a minute on the clock. Go. All right. So this division, we all knew it wasn't going to be the, the best. I mean, just looking into the season, Toronto is a first round, uh, usually a first round playoff flame out, and they were going to be the class of the division. Montreal, average team. Winnipeg, no defense, buoyed by a good offense and a goaltender who had a sick season. Calgary, there's always something wrong with that team. uh, Ottawa, known to be terrible. Vancouver is supposed to be good, and they are actually god-awful. There is no team that has a good defense in this division. Like, Montreal might be the best, and they've got what? Ancient Shea Weber and even more ancient Jeff Petrie. Like the the division does not defense is optional. And that's why you're seeing McDavid, Drysidel, and Matthews absolutely tear it up. Because the elite goaltenders are not playing elite and the defense sucks. Okay. Thank you, Steve. Stack, you have one minute starting now. See, you bring up some good points about how a lot of the teams are under underperforming, and that, that's a valid criticism. Um, some of them may be underperforming, but so when you look at the North Division, who do you expect to be the most complete team? Probably Winnipeg, either Winnipeg or the Leafs. Um, when you look at Winnipeg, they've got a Vesna caliber goaltender. Their defense is evened out. Morrissey's gotten better. They've got Logan Stanley. They've still got Nathan Beaulieu. Um, Neil Pionk's returning to form. And they have one of the most potent offenses in the league. Uh, it says something when Ottawa is giving every single one of these teams fits every night. And it's not like the North is alone in having a few bad teams. If you look at the West, I mean... Yeah, it's Vegas, St. Louis, Colorado. Uh, the Leafs would, and, and Winnipeg would have a field day playing L.A., Arizona, Minnesota, San Jose, and Anaheim for seven or eight games a season. I mean, those teams are all... Wrap your thought up. Okay, those teams are all barely above 500, if not under 500. Okay. Let me set my timer for 30 seconds. Steve, you will have a 30-second rebuttal starting now. All right, so we talked earlier in the show how Carey Price, his luck was essentially running out. So he was playing sick earlier in the season, and he has dropped off. Hollabuck has not been as good as he was during his Vesna campaign. It's hard to repeat that kind of performance. Other than that, you have a bunch of average goaltenders. Markstrom hasn't played to form. Uh, Anderson's probably been the best one, and you know how he can be. He can be really good one game and ask the next. Stack? Okay, so the West isn't alone in having a few really bad teams towards the bottom of the division. Just look at the Central. Florida, Carolina, Tampa, yeah, we all knew those guys were going to be pretty good. And then Dallas, who hasn't had enough games yet, they're still barely above 500. Chicago is 
getting insanely lucky from some goaltender out of nowhere. Columbus is Columbus. We know what to expect with them. Barely win games and often lose. Nashville and Detroit are some of the worst teams in the league this year. Uh, I'm not saying that the North is the best, but I definitely don't think they're the worst. As your friendly neighborhood moderator, I do have to say both of you make very good points. Steve is correct. There are many average goaltenders in the North Division. I mean, look at look at Edmonton. Miko Koskinen, are you kidding me? Mike Smith, come on. It, but, like Stack said, there are bad teams in every division. And like you just brought up with the Central. So I have to say, one of the things I saw on Twitter today, this year should honestly be a write-off year for everybody because nobody knows what's going to happen. But I think I have to go with Stack on this one because I, with the argument, I mean, like I, I, st- I chose to be the moderator because I'm kind of in between on the two. But with the argument Stack made, I can, I see what he's saying, and I see that that Ottawa is proving itself some nights, just like Detroit is in the Central, just like. Um, I don't know who the bottom of the West is, probably like Anaheim or somebody. They're all proving themselves on certain nights, just like a normal season. So, Well, L- L.A. was at the bottom, but then they rattled off five wins in a row. Right, and who's to say Calgary I, I, or Vancouver don't do that? Well, not Vancouver. Well, yeah, not <laughs> there, Vancouver. There's a lot wrong with that team. But, yeah. no, no, I, I completely understand, and it's Stack made some good arguments uh, comparing to other divisions. I was trying to focus in on the North being just a running gun division essentially and that's kind of why Matthews Drysidle and uh McDavid are just kind of running roughshod over the lackluster defense defenses and goal t- average goaltenders if you think about it though think about what the Atlantic is like in a normal year i mean in a normal stacked. season stacked, stacked yeah <laughs> with yeah. crappy teams at the bottom and it's, I mean, in all honesty, I think the best comparable for the North is the Atlantic. I mean, you get the good teams going at each other every once in a while, then you get the good teams killing the bad teams. But there's still competition night in and night out. There's a whole other argument I can make, too, is, is the North that bad or is all of the top, fast, young talent in the league in the North? You've got Patterson Besser, one of the best duos in the league. You've got Monaghan Goudreau. You've got Shifley, Wheeler, Ehlers. I mean, you could name the top six of Winnipeg. You've got Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Nugent Hopkins. You've got Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander. I mean, hell, Ottawa sucks, and they've still got Brady Tuchuk, Tim Stutzla. I mean, in Montreal – They've still got John Druin. They're one of the fastest and grittiest teams in the division and probably the league. And Nick Suzuki's a rising star. Cockneyami's getting better. They're just on a bit of a slump, but that's a whole nother debate we can have. All in all, I think regardless and I'm of what sure you... we'll have it as we keep going on. Yeah. Throughout all in all, though, the season, I... it's not going to be uh... – <laughs> I think we can all say that the North is a fun division to watch because, like, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, you could either have an 8 nothing win over Vancouver or Ottawa can beat you the next night. Um, but anyway, so moving on to the Central, 
my division, not too much has been going on. Um, Florida is still on fire. I mean, they're first in the division. Now, I guess I'll start with the uh, top four. Florida, Carolina, Tampa, Chicago. So Florida has definitely upped their game this year. And, I mean, good for them. They've they've been that close to being a dark horse team every year. Now this year they're really proving themselves. Um, Dallas is back to playing after missing the three games due to all the problems they had down in Texas. And thankfully, um, things seem to be returning to normal there. Um, I follow some people on social medias, and they said uh, it, it goes from – 40 degrees in the morning to 70 degrees in the afternoon. So now they know what it's like in spring in Western New York. Um, but it's good to see them back, but they have been on a big slump lately. Uh, they lost their last three granted three of the losses were in overtime or a shootout, but they're Oh three and three in their last six. Um, and I mean, they're, they are in a position to bounce back though. I mean, we saw them come back, when they had their COVID problems in the beginning of the season, they came out roaring right out of the gate. But I don't know. Something's, something's not going right down there in Dallas. They're just kind of in a slump right now. But we'll see if they can turn that around. Patrick Kane is 32 years old. And he's playing like a 24-year-old. He has 26 points in 19 games. That's that's, that's absurd. It's At dumb. His- <laughs> Uh, uh, shout, shout out Josh Reamer, our old goaltender and assistant coach of the uh, Fredoni Blue Devils. He, uh, w- we had gotten into a locker room, um, lively discussion, we'll call it that, about how uh, I wouldn't trade Reinhardt for Kane because Kane was going to be shot in a few years. Well, we're He's at not. a few years. We're at a few <laughs> years now, and yeah. guess who's not shot? <laughs> Yeah. He is defying age curves right now, and he is absolutely unreal. And Patrick he's doing... Kane, he played Sorry. the Uno reverse card on Sam Reinhardt. Now Sam Reinhardt is shot. <laughs> he's actually... He's hey, not, hey, though, hey, but hey, we'll, hey. We'll talk about that in a minute. No Samson Reinhardt slander on this show. But the, I the love crazy... Reinhardt. You guys know that. I'm not even a Sabres fan. <laughs> the crazy part about Pat Kane is he doesn't have... Jonathan Taze with him. He doesn't have, I mean, for what it's worth, he doesn't have Alex Nylander with him. He has. Nylander a, sucks. I don't know. I mean, he was working well with, with Kane and, and Taze, I think at, at points last year, but he has a very depleted roster in my opinion. And he's still being the leader and turning out and doing what he has always done. And again, thank God Luke's not here. Cause he'd be telling us, I told you so. Um, so that's great. He, I mean, he still has pieces though. It's he like, does. he's the centerpiece he of the rebuild that is sort of happening in Chicago. He's still got Strom who's never played up to his potential. Who, if I'm not mistaken, was he drafted ahead of Mitch Marner? That Anyways. is correct. He um, was third, he was third yeah. overall in 2015. Marner was fourth overall. Marner's fourth. I thought so. Uh, anyways, um, he's still got Strom. He's got to bring it. Uh, they've got a few nice young defensemen, and they're anchored by, you know, up until this year, some no-name goalie named Kevin Lankinen, who Luke's drooling over, of course, but they're not horrible. Speaking I think of personally, Kevin. 
personally, before we get to Lincoln, I think Chicago is a dark horse in Central. They could they be always, one of those teams that, yeah. like, a team that no one thinks is going to make it because they're too young or they don't have this, they don't have that, and then they make it anyways. And, yeah, maybe they get bounced in the first round, but they still made it. Right. Um, but speaking of Kevin Lankinen, I think I think he had he he should have had the potential to be a first overall draft pick, in my opinion, because he has the same amount of points as a certain first overall draft pick from this last draft. Him and Alexi Lafreniere both have two points this year, mind you. One of them plays goaltender, and it's not the first overall draft pick from this past draft. Well, what's going on in New York? But Good for Kevin Lankin. And <laughs> I was wondering, I was wondering where you were going with that. Cause I, mean, the guy I was about to pull a Rick Pietro goals. on your ass. <laughs> but, but no, my, so my God. Yeah. Kevin Lankin has the same amount of points as Alexi Lafreniere, who was compared to Sidney Crosby. I'm not saying Lafreniere is a bust, but I am saying what the hell is wrong with him? Why isn't he scoring? <laughs> He, he was never compared to Crosby. Lafreniere was more in the vein of like a Gabriel Landis cog. That's still, that's still pretty good. Kind of in that tier. And hey, he's like 19. Give, cut him I, some slack, I, all right? I Leave know, him alone. Leave anyway. him alone. But as anyway. we're now talking about the Rangers, some big news out of the East. Artemi Panarin has taken a leave of absence after a article in which an old KHL coach accused him of assaulting an 18-year-old woman while playing you, this in the KHL. this is from 2011. From 2011, yeah. Yeah, that there's was... a lot of there's we could have a lot of mind use with this because this is this article is we all know is hearsay from you know the tip top of you know Russian leadership Putin to Artemi Panarin would have been 19. He was yeah. not. Yeah, I think he was actually <laughs> eighteen. Is, it's to this, get him off his ten years ago to make him scared. Yeah, is ten years ago. The coach is known to do this again to players who either make him mad, he has personal animus against, or talk bad about the Russian government, aka Putin, because he is the government. And Panarin trashed Putin a couple of years ago, and this really looks like, you know, just some payback you know how petty this is it's not even from a few years back it's from a few weeks ago he liked a post in support of Navalny, who is the major opposition in russia to vladimir putin he liked an instagram post and they made this dude dig up something that probably didn't happen the rangers and artemi vehemently deny that anything happened they brought this nothing up to, like I said, get Panarin off his game and to try and intimidate him into shutting up about the Russian government. And it's probably also politics so that he won't play on the Russian Olympic team next year. What also And, and I, I, ju I just want to say, I just want to say, you know, we, we are not making light of allegations of assault here, especially against women. P men who beat women are pieces of absolute human filth and debris and deserve to get their ass whooped by every single real person on the face of the earth. 
They are scum. They have no place in hockey. But there are a lot of things that go into this that make us pretty confident that the story is kind of bullshit. Well yeah, said, what also, Steve. What also sucks is Panarin has family in country, and they're holding that over his head. That's that's ridiculous. In I in mean, Russia. Yes, in Russia. And they, they need to honestly hire Don Luce and Gary Meehan and pull an Alexander McGillney 2.0 and get Panarin's family out of that country because I don't want to wake up tomorrow and see something that happened or the next day or the day after that. I mean, I don't think anyone would want to see that because that's just ridiculous. I mean, this guy is one of the best Russian players currently in the NHL and you're going to you're going to give him you're going to give yourself bad publicity just because he pissed you off a little bit and liked a post. Like, what are you, a fucking 13-year-old girl? Shut the fuck up. Like, grow up. Like, well, Steve this is what said happens it, when you but, have dictators. You know. that it's, all, it's, all about, uh, it's all about publicity. It's all about, you know, Putin being shirtless, uh, wrestling a fake bear or some shit out in the wilderness. It's that cult of personality where he's a larger-than-life figure. And the second that gets cracked, he's fucked. So that's why he has to do stupid fucking petty shit like this with surrogates. Well said, Steve, both on that on, and on the part of abuse victims. Uh, there's no room for that in the game, no room for that in the world. Um, and you always want to believe the accusers. And the thing is with this is the accuser isn't the supposed woman who was beat up by Artemi. It, the accuser is a player on the team who was coached by the guy who came out with this article. Basically they were at a bar and a player on the team with Artemi was not drinking that night and supposedly saw this happen. And told the coach, but it hasn't come out until now. So the accuser isn't even the supposed victim. That's where I'm confused with this, at least. So, and and again, we don't condone any of this, obviously. We don't want this to be true at all, because if it is, that'd be awful. But it's basically a friend told this guy who told my friend, who told my brother, who then told me, this thing happened like it's, who it's, then published it's just it for the who published it to the world to defend a dictator 10 years later it was it, your father's mother's nephew's cousin's former roommate to quote so what SpongeBob does that make again, us to quote spongebob again absolutely oh, this guy this guy who knew 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 this guy's cousin yes <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you're right. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's the biggest news coming out of the East. On a much lighter note, Sidney Crosby played his 1,000th game in the league, which is quite the achievement because not only has he been a star in this league since day one, but he's also missed an approximately 250 games between a lockout, covid and his uh, concussions slash neck injuries that took him out for almost a full calendar year. And in that time, uh, Josh, you got his stats? Yeah. um, In those thousand games, 
he has had 468 goals, 810 assists, and 1,278 points, and one heck of a warm-up drill that every single Penguins player copied in the warm-up through his thousandth game, which was awesome. They all they all did it in unison. Every guy, they weren't even like laughing and smiling or anything. They did it at the exact same time that he did. Everything between getting down on one knee and tying each skate again, the McDonald's logo trace, everything. And it was it was awesome. It was really cool to see. So they had planned that for weeks and probably rehearsed it, I don't know how many times in practice after he leaves, which must have been like at one in the morning because that man never leaves the rink. Yeah, he he is the eat, sleep, and breathe hockey. He is the Michael Jordan of the NHL. Like, you know, there's no other way to put it. He's the greatest. I mean, he might be the best to ever play. Just besides, you know, you know, the stats aren't there to beat Gretzky, but no one's beating Gretzky in an era when he played against, you know, farmers and plumbers. But um, just besides the fact that, you know, even Gretzky people have to admit that the league is more physically demanding than it's ever been. And for him to play a thousand games and still miss 200 plus and to still be over a point per game and to have three cups, man, his career is, is really something. And he's been basically the unquestioned best player in the league from probably his second year, which was 06, 07 to Probably 2016, 17, uh, whatever McDavid's third year in the league was. And then there's at least an argument. But he has been so consistent, a great leader. He has got three cups, two Art Rosses, I think uh, two or three. uh, Oh, God damn it. I'm I'm blanking on the uh, playoff MVP. Con Smythe. Con Smythe. Yeah. Uh, Con Smythe, you got a couple Rocket Richards. He, he, he's done it all. He has done it all, and he has not slowed down one bit. He is still an incredible hockey player. And as much as I've ripped on him, I used to call him Sid, Cindy Crosby. And Crosby. You know, he, he used to whine. He doesn't anymore. Yeah, yeah he, no, that's for sure. You don't cry. The only thing I Crosby anymore. The only thing no. I will never, never, again, no, like I hate him for it is Canada in the Olympics, 2010. Fuck that. Nope. Yeah, that that is the moment I go back to when I think of Sidney Crosby, and that's that's why there I have a little bit of animus towards him. Now I, I know bit. we're getting a bit long, but I we would be we we'd be remiss if uh, we did not address the absolute dumpster fire that is the Buffalo Sabers at this point. So Ralph Kruger is having a stare down with Jeff Skinner, his nine million dollar left former forty goal scorer, left winger, and he decides, you know what? We're really struggling to score five on five goals. You're top five and five on five goals in the last 10 years. I'm going to make you watch as we play games because you need to reevaluate how you play the game. Kruger's ego 
is going to completely ruin this season until he gets a freaking pink slip, gets put in the sun cannon, and shot with the Bagulas. Get this guy out of Buffalo. He is destroying this team. He is a lack. He is a PR manager with a little bit of hockey knowledge. And by a little bit, I mean the bare minimum. He knows how to tell people how to defend. That's about it. His offensive system is get it to the point and shoot the puck. I was talking to my buddy John, and I agree with him. He said Kruger's offensive scheme is like when you're learning how to play the NHL games on beginner and all you do is put it up to the point and take clappers. That's his entire offensive scheme, and it's pathetic. Oh, my gosh. Get him out of Buffalo. Well, I want to speak on this because I haven't – I didn't join the emergency show over the weekend. Uh, Yeah, I – the Sabres have – this is the worst that they've looked probably in the last 10 years, I think, roughly. Um, I think I think it, it, it's At least the most disappointing. With, yeah. Yeah. I mean – But it's getting close with the Eichel tank season. Yeah, and that obviously was a tank season. This is – they objectively looked at this roster and thought it was good to put out on the ice and contend for a Stanley Cup. Um there are glaring holes in the roster, uh, and it starts at the coaching position. I mean, I've seen – I've been to Sabres games probably once a year, you know, since 2012-2013 season. I mean, this is probably the worst that they've looked playing a full game in my lifetime, honestly, that I've watched a Sabres game. And they looked better during Blylesma. They looked better during um, what's Nolan? Was what was like, his first name? Ted Nolan. T- Ted, Ted Nolan. Nolan. Like yeah, I'm, I'm Nolan missing the days. Right I'm missing the days of Ted Nolan. Like this is how much this team has just demoralized me. And oh my gosh, better. I think Eichel just hurt his knee. Uh, his ankle. It, just to make matters worse. Ankle, uh, of course it's his ankle. The guy's fucking Achilles. Of course Achilles. it's a Sabres player hurt. I mean, how many guys are they going to lose to injury before they see something's wrong? I mean, it, injuries in the, in to the, a degree can be prevented. If right. you play a system that, you know, everyone loves to do the dump and chase because it intimidates defensemen into giving up pucks, and then they get rocked by guys trying to come after them. And that's I mean, how you get hurt. Yeah there's ways that you can combat that and it doesn't seem like you know a lot of Kruger's notoriety comes from him coaching team Europe to uh losing first of all that they lost to team Canada in the world cup of hockey in 2016 uh like I said that team lost and two it was a no-brainer that they were going to get there anyway a team with some of the uh, like the top names of European hockey players who didn't belong to their individual countries like Sweden and I think it was Finland? it was Finland? Uh, Sweden and Finland had their own team so it was everyone else yeah everyone except Sweden and Finland that's and, and, and Russia because that's technically Europe too 
Yeah. It's Eurasia, but, you know, yeah. depending on where in Russia you are. But th- that's neither here nor there. I mean, it's a given that that team's going to make it. I mean, they had Dreisaitl. They had Char when he could still move. I mean, like, that team was a shoe-in. You didn't have to be good to coach that team. And, I mean, Team Canada won with Mike Babcock. You didn't need a coach. You could have sent those guys out there. You could have objectively sent those guys out there on Team Canada, and they would have won anyways. No coach. Not even an assistant. Yeah, I mean, and, and th- this Sabres team, beyond just being lackluster effort-wise, badly outcoached on a daily, on a nightly basis, they also have incredibly bad shooting luck, like unreal, and in this, the injury in this, bug has it, just decimated this team. Yeah, McCabe is alone, out for the year after playing the best hockey of his career. Uh, Ristolainen had some very bad complications with COVID, like to the point where he was quoted in saying he didn't know if he was going to wake up the next day. That's fucking terrifying. And then Will Borgen blocks a shot in the first period yesterday, breaks his arm, finishes the game. Well, uh, sorry, the game was Saturday. So breaks his arm, finishes the game. They say he's day-to-day, and just like Sabres fashion, you know, oh, he's day-to-day. Oh, no, he's dead. So Borgen had surgery, so now he's out for six to eight weeks. So the, I, this franchise and, and- complete dumpster fire. It makes me sad to be a fan. It just it hurts. At this and point, to, it just hurts. To make matters worse, tonight, well, not really worse, but tonight in the two and a half almost, well, the game's almost done now, but in the two and a half periods we've seen, I think they've hit probably 15 posts. Like, I I don't, like, at that point, like, what do you do? <laughs> make the net just Taylor a Hall can't. If Taylor Hall touches a puck on an offensive play, it is dis- destined to hit the post. That's future it, it just Taylor is, Hall and it's you. unreal. Stack, no. You shut your face. If I want to hear you talk, I will shove my arm up your ass and work your mouth like a little puppet. Well, you didn't do that during our debate when I won, so uh, mm. anyways. Um, in two weeks after the Sabres lose, I don't know how many games they play, but when they lose... You know, 75% of them, uh, Eichel's going to want out. Stahl, they'll probably trade Stahl for pennies on the dollar. No, well, he's up uh, at the end of the year, so. Yeah, he's going to be, a, he was going to be a rental anyways. I mean, regardless of how the Sabres did, unless they were absurd and they're not. Absurdly bad, really. But um, Taylor Hall, they're probably going to get rid of him too. Uh, same similar rental deal. I mean, I know I I've heard that he wants to sign long term yeah, with Buffalo, but I mean, what they could do is get him out of Buffalo, get him a cup, get him a couple playoff rounds, maybe with another team. Um, I think, like we've been talking about the last few weeks, that Elliot Friedman said that there's a mystery top six winger that the Leafs are looking at trying to get, and of course they trade for Alex Galchenyuk, but. He's obviously not who they were looking at. I think it's Taylor Hall, and no way they can't make the cap work. What if it's Jeff Skinner? They they can. Oh, they can. There's no way. There's no way. 
They can make the Absolutely cap work. Absolutely no way. Skinner, no way, but they can make the cap work. Kerfoot makes $3.5 no. $3. million. Yes. Hall makes 5.8. That's $2.4 million off. He makes Sabres eight. retain. No. Oh, yeah, he Hall makes, makes eight. eight. Does he? I thought he yeah. made 5.8. No. No. Oh. One year, $8 million. Yeah, you're not making that work. Yeah, well, maybe not. Anyways. Yeah, that's, he's that's gonna he's gonna, gonna do it for our. But, yeah, that's yeah, gonna no. do it for our division updates, though. Yeah, so why don't we head into some closing time? Who would like to go first? Just kidding, it's you, Steve. All right, so uh, as you guys know, I'm back playing in beer league, and it's been fun. Teams three and out. Teams are combined three and zero right now. Got another game tomorrow, but. So something happened last Wednesday that I wanted to address because I was really mad at this ref. So we were playing this team pretty tight. It's going back and forth all night. I got our first goal. Yay. Uh, but we're going, going by, going by this guy does tries to do a dipsy doodle, but skates directly into my foot. I wasn't moving. I was an inanimate object trips over my foot. They call a penalty. All right, whatever. I come out of the box Go, go down on a break, get a shot on net. Goalie doesn't know where the puck is. It comes back out to me, and I roofed this puck so hard, it stuck behind the post. It was behind the oh. post and in the netting, and the fat fuck ref was standing on the goal line, watched the whole thing, called it off because he said the goalie had it, which at no point in the last five minutes of gameplay was that an accurate statement. So... That game, already having started late because the rank is the same rank where the Zamboni was on fire, so the place is completely dog shit. So we, they couldn't get the peg into the post. So oh my God, latest game of the that. season, couldn't get the pegs in, so we started 15 minutes late. Then we have to go to overtime. We finally score to get out of there. But, like, dude, come on. I know it's men's league, but seriously, open your eyes. That or put down your pregame beers, you dumb bastard. Well, uh, that, that was uh, on a lighter note. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm, <laughs> I'm in a glass case of emotion. Uh, yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> like I said, I'm getting my first tattoo tomorrow. Pretty hype about that. Gonna probably be playing hockey again this weekend, just navigating school. Lots of writing this semester. This is probably the heaviest semester for me for homework and uh, hasn't been easy. I've been making it work, but uh, hopefully I don't start to fall behind. But I got my fingers crossed. Leafs are doing good. I really can't complain about anything. Things are pretty good over here. Josh, what about you? So, as I had said earlier in the beginning of the year, and I've been kind of slacking, I want to bring back my three stars of the week. So, for the last week, of the week ending in February 21st, our three stars are David Pasternak at third star, because he is he just doesn't score in any other time besides the first minute of every period. Um, Connor McDavid, because he's Connor McDavid. And Austin Matthews, as much as I hate saying it, Austin Matthews is very good at hockey. Um He's on pace for what? 51 goals in 55 games? Like, uh, he had 18 and 18. Uh, so he's going to, if he keeps this up, he'll at least get 50 and 55. 
Um, yeah, he's on an absurd pace, not only goals-wise, but points-wise. Both him and Mitch Marner are, are on pace to beat um, Doug Gilmore's season where he won the Selkie. He had 120-something points. They're on pace to beat that number in a full 82-game season. So, wow. yeah, they're doing good. Well, yeah, so the Leafs are good. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring up in my uh, closing time here. Actually, two things. One quick thing. Marcus Foligno is such a class act. He can beat the shit out of you and then call the fight off because he knows he beat the shit out of you and be such a nice guy about it. He's the nicest guy to punch you in the face, as said by Spittin' Chicklets. And I, that's that's one of the other reasons I love him. He, he he can beat you up and then be a nice guy about it. But, he was one of the few players in Buffalo in those in those intermediate years and like early 2010s that I actually liked to play, even though he was often, you know, crushing Leafs defensemen and stuff. I mean, that's why I, I liked would, him. He is like we talked about earlier with Alex Tuck being the speedy end of power forward. He is the fighty and the complete opposite end of power forward. Cause I mean, in that game where he was beaten up on that rookie kid, and then let the fight stop. He scored in that game after yeah. the fight. Like yeah. he he he's good everywhere, and he is a physical force. Yep. And last thing for me, last Saturday getting into work was a bit tough because, as many of you know, Western New York got pounded with some more snow last weekend, and Eden, the town next to me, got four feet of it in about four hours. And my work's parking lot wasn't plowed out yet. So me and my coworkers just <laughs> said, fuck it, let's send it into the driveway and just barreled through all the snow and just kind of slid in next to each other. And we didn't get plowed out for another like hour. So all our customers were parking across the street and walking over to get all their uh, uh, auto parts and stuff. And it was it was pretty fun. And then it kept snowing all day and it snowed like two or three more feet in about six hours. So. It, it was a it was a fun weekend for me <laughs> but that'll wrap it up for another week of the frozen four podcast thank you guys for listening as luke always says stay safe be happy and go watch some hockey